When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today we have a very exciting guest with us. She is a hilarious stand-up comedian, inclusivity advocate, and she was recently featured on Netflix's Jewish Matchmaking. Welcome, Pamela Ray Schuler. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so glad to have you on. Yeah. I don't know why I just had a little girl voice, but that is what came out of me. So <laughs> we'll go with it. It was cute. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, you have been very open about living with various disabilities, and I would love for you to tell us about those, but also whether disabilities is the correct word to use. Mm, great question. So I have Tourette syndrome, mm -hmm. which I consider a disability, but to each their own. Mm -hmm. uh, I have obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a mental health challenge, and then I'm four foot six and a half. And there's a lot of debate on the word disability. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this great movement in the disability world to just like own it. We need to get rid of the stigma, but the word is a descriptor. Mm. And is it like a disability because the world is not designed to help people out with this stuff? Or is it, you know what I mean? That's a great question. I think it's a, the word disability tells us that someone needs an accommodation to get to be their best self. Right. I think it's a descriptor. Right. Um, and I think... Uh, like I love having Tourette's and being four foot six. I can also acknowledge that sometimes it sucks and it's hard. Uh -huh. um, but what I wish is that the world was made with more people in mind. For sure. Not that my dis like disability went away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the term disability on its face is the most clear cut example of like your ability is limited mm -hmm. to do certain things yeah. that other people are able to do. But I, I love that you say, and I want to ask you about this. I, I love that you say that you love your Tourette's and you mm. love your height. Mm -hmm. um, I was watching a YouTube video that you were featured in um, about how to be more mindful of people with disabilities. And I wanted to ask you about that. Like, was that something that you always loved about yourself? Did you have to have to work to love that about yourself? And what do you love about it? That, so I didn't go from like hating Tourette's to loving Tourette's. I was an asshole as a child. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> I was sent away to like weird kid boarding school. Mm -hmm. And they were the ones that figured out I actually was depressed and suicidal and had nothing about myself that I loved. So mm -hmm. they put me on a journey to find something. That's where I started doing stand-up comedy, figured out I liked my sense of humor. And over time, I started realizing like, oh, like maybe these – things about me that I love aren't despite the parts about me that make life a little bit harder and messier. Yeah. And there, that was the connection. There was a story that you told in your TEDx talk about um, a teacher being like, Pamela, write down a list mm. of things that you love about yourself. And this part of it almost made me sob mm -hmm. because at the beginning, there was nothing on the list. Yeah. He, he, I was in detention where I have the record of the most detention ever earned in the entire history of my boarding Congratulations. school. Congratulations. Thank you so much. How old were you? All four years of high school. And I got so many hours that now, like, you can't even hit that anymore. They make you go to a farm to chill out and cool off for a week. <laughs> yeah. Because um, of me. 
And I was in detention and I was like the only one there. And the teacher asked me to make a list of what I loved about myself. And I, I just remember, I can tell you where I was sitting. I had, I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember even being like, come on, Pam, don't like come up with something right now to get him to stop staring. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely couldn't come up with anything. And I watched his face turn to like fear. Yeah. And he realized I wasn't being an asshole. I truly had so many years feeling like I took away from the world, mm-hmm. that I was a nuisance, mm-hmm. that I hadn't found anything I loved about myself. And they were the ones that put me in stand up mm-hmm. um, to channel all of this creative, angry, snarky, inappropriate energy. Mm-hmm. And that, and now I know I have things I love about myself and Tourette's adds to my life. Uh, and it is hard and painful and I'm often breaking bones from it. I was or... gonna say, okay, can you tell us about the breaking of the bones? And like, have you done it recently? When was the first time it happened? Uh, first time would have been middle school. Okay. So my Tourette's used to, I, it's still considered severe, but you just might not notice it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of my, and they're called ticks, T-I-C-S, not T-I-C-K-S. Those are bugs. Um, a no lot Lyme of, disease. Not, not yet. Someone, I, not yet. I do a lot of shows at <laughs> summer camps and I was like, I'm not going near grass. I have enough ticks. Like <laughs> I don't have time for the ones with a K. Solid <laughs> camp joke. Solid. Thank you. Um, what was the question? The question was, uh, the last, like oh, the first bones. time that you broke bones from a tick yeah. and then has it happened recently? And like, how do you manage that? So as a kid, my Tourette's was so severe. I broke a lot of bones. I threw my head back so hard and so many times as a young person, I broke my neck. Uh-huh. I used a wheelchair oh. for years. Um, and at this point I tick just as often, but not as aggressively. Uh-huh. A lot of people think Tourette's is yelling cuss words. Most of us don't do that. Out of every five people with Tourette's, I, th- I think this is the right statistic. Only one has that additional diagnosis of yelling words or phrases. As a Whoa. kid, I was yelling the words. I can be honest, I was the lucky one. But mm. for me, <laughs> it was like a lot of aggressive throwing my body around and mm-hmm. things like that. And I, uh, like four or five months ago, um, ticked my hand so hard my finger came out of the socket. <gasps> it's okay, we they put it right back in. But <laughs> that is to say, like, I think a lot of people don't think my Tourette still affects my life. For sure. And it very, like... This week I got Botox deep into my arms uh-huh. to try to make it so I don't have fingers coming out of the socket right now, and so right. I can oh. use a pen or pencil. And um, and the Botox will what relax the muscle like, from spasming? Yeah, like dulls the muscles. Yeah, so that, that is a use hard. for Botox I had not heard of oh, yet. I get Botox. People also use it for migraines. I yeah. I get it from my neurologist and I get it in my arms, my hands, my eyelids, which I do have to take a Xanax for those shots. Right. That's and then scary. around like below my eyes. But then a few times ago, I um, looked at my neurologist and I pointed to this part right here and the 11 my lines. Eyes, and I said, I tick here. He goes, <laughs> he goes, do you Pam? And I go, mm, I tick right here. <laughs> and he threw some Botox in there. So I got a little free, a little free uh, nice. touch up. <laughs> nice. Emily, you brought up 11 lines recently. And I was like, as a child of a dermatologist, like I have never even heard that phrase. Oh, really? Can you, you know- describe what 11 lines are? Yes, uh, it's the, it looks like a number eleven. That's why they're called that. Between, between your, your eyebrows. eyebrows, I've also called it a coin slot. Ooh. I think that's kind of a cute word for it. Um, but you know, you get it from furrowing your I'm brow. I'm concerned that as I, as a Jewish person, I shouldn't say like, <laughs> a coin slot. <laughs> Yeah, maybe protect yourself. Maybe maybe I should too. I'm gonna use it, but I've gotta get some pushback. But you know, it's it's from brow furrowing. Okay. It's it's from, you know, making expressions. See, I wanna keep that so people know how angry I am. But like Roma, you can't get rid of that because then you can't judge everyone. We love that amazing. Wait, so I just wanna get back to uh, disabilities or uh, Emma Wilman recently was doing a stand up set and she was saying differences Mm -hmm. instead of disabilities, which I was like, that's nice to make space for that too. But I think what we were saying before is that the you require extra accommodation. Yeah. So things become more uh, difficult. Yeah, I don't drive. Yeah. So we had a person on the show a few months ago, uh, Cheyenne Davis, and they were saying that they need a seatbelt extender on mm-hmm. airplanes and stuff. And you posted something about requiring a booster seat <laughs> on planes. <laughs> One, why is that? And two, how accessible is that for you? So I I can fly without these things that I put in place. Uh-huh. I've, I'm a, I do gigs constantly on the road. Yeah. So like last year, I was on 120 summit flights. Uh-huh. And Wait. I'm four foot six and a half. When I sit in an airplane, my legs dangle. Mm. And I can handle that for an hour. Mm. I cannot handle that for anything over an hour. So I've ordered 
every item off of Amazon to try to figure out what works best for my dangling legs. Yeah. Uh, and so that like my head doesn't hit the headrest on an airplane. They're made. So like you end up being uncomfortable. In that like middle ground yeah. of like the metal part by yeah. your head. But if yeah. you sit on a booster seat, then it does. But then your legs really mm-hmm. are nowhere near the ground. Oh. So I have a little booster seat. So my head hits. And then I have a blow up step stool. So my feet don't Amazing. <laughs> and you bring that with you when you mm-hmm. travel? Yeah. Yeah. And blow up the, is key. Yeah. Because it fits in my luggage. Everything. Yeah. We'll get in the air and that's when you blow it up. And I, yeah. someone was sitting next to me recently and he goes, what is that? I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which in airplane speak means drugs, yeah, usually. Right. <laughs> There's That's so many so worse funny. things I could have right now. Let's calm down. It never blew up from the air pressure. Mm-mm. I would worry about that. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Good. They're great. Yeah. I, I guess I guess some of them, um, some of the airlines carry booster seats for kids. Did you ever ask for a booster seat from the airline or you knew you had to bring your own? I guess I never thought of that. But also I'm a grown ass woman and with like hips and thick yeah, thighs. And I, ju- I just... I don't know that my tuchus, my butt will fit. <laughs> no, that's that's a very good clarification. You yeah. need an adult size booster seat. It's very yeah. specific. I just I thought that was really interesting when you posted that because we had just spoken to Cheyenne and Cheyenne got a lot of pushback of why should people accommodate you? You should mold your body to, you know, fit in the plane. Whereas there's nothing you can do to mold your butt like besides the fact that like telling somebody to lose weight is horrible, you're not gonna change your height. And yeah. there need to be accommodations for many different types of people. Yeah. Airplane seats, so much of the world fits one certain type of body. Yeah. And I hate that, um, but that's kind of the truth right now. Like, I even feel bad for tall people. Yeah. I'm like, you should get something special. I get those free upgrades all the time where I'm in first class because I fly so much, I don't pay for it. Mm. And I recently had an entire basketball team get on and I had front first class <laughs> bulkhead. And I was like, I, I know. I know it's way. I know I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Do you have issues at other um, public places, like restaurants or you know uh, other places that you need an extra boost? All the time. To- well, first of all, hotels keep putting towels now in high up so in the shower. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that. People aren't thinking about that, and mm-hmm. so and I don't want to have to call someone to come get my towels down, mm-hmm. and that's if I notice it before I'm naked. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so I like. I, I'll take a hanger and I'll stand on the toilet and I'll swat it down. But yeah. like, that can't be safe. No. I should take a video of me doing it though. And Naked. then send it to yeah. the hotel. <laughs> and then be like, you didn't want to see it. Refund, please. Yeah. And I know you carry around a step stool when grocery shopping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The grocery store called me the climber. And I realized <laughs> that it's a workout and a grocery oh shopping God. trip all in one. So they, they were like, you have an option. And I was like, or you do, have staff available. Yeah. And I don't have to climb your walls. Yeah. I will scale for the, also the, the stuff I can afford is never at normal height. Mm-hmm. It's the high up. Sometimes well, it's the low it's more down. desirable. So they put it higher. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, the other day I tried to swat down a uh, an Apple Jacks box or whatever. And I think they put it up high because they didn't want me to check the expiration date. And I walked out with an expired. You asked me if I eat expired things. Yeah. This is the first time because I was like, I'm not going to go back to the store and throw it up there and then yeah. try to get another one down. Also, I don't know that Apple Jacks goes bad. I was just going to say, say does, yeah. does cereal even go bad? Because I've been treating it like it doesn't. No, also, there are certain st- cereals that are better stale. Yeah, the the box looked decrepit, but the uh, <laughs> the bag was still intact, so the it was okay. The box has seen some things. The box has seen some things. <laughs> it's been there since 1998 <laughs> when people stopped eating Apple Jacks. Hey. <laughs> you're going to eat it and you're going to start barking and then we can have Tourette's together. <laughs> Bark it. Wait, did you ever bark? Oh, yes, I still she bark. still does. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Thank you. So some of the stuff is verbal. Yeah. Yes. I still have usually at night, although I like hiss on airplanes. I have jokes about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no you longer hit, do I hiss like a snake. Yeah. Which that's really concerns badass. people due to Samuel L. Jackson's film called Snakes, snakes on a Plane. plane. <laughs> <laughs> he really made it harder for me. There's <laughs> motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking, <laughs> motherfucking Pam on this. That was what I ended plane. up saying. Everyone was staring at me and I was like, calm down. I have Tourette syndrome. There are no motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So it's animals noises um I mean I sometimes I guess the hissing I don't know that my brain was like be a snake I right. think it just was like a noise that felt I'm a little good snake. <laughs> I'm a- and I I bark at night or when I'm really stressed and 
not a lot of people have heard me bark. My best friend heard it after being friends with me for like eight years for the first time because we were stuck in traffic Mm -hmm. for hours. And I barked and she goes, I did not expect you to be a small dog. (laughs) (laughs) Why, it was like a a yappy little bark? Yeah, it's like a little yep fuck. Like a... Yeah, no, I would actually take you for a ferocious, like a guard dog, too, I would, a I, German shepherd. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's how I feel internally. I don't know why the bark is different, but... It doesn't manifest also, that way. Also, for people who don't bark, which I believe is a good chunk of the population, mm-hmm. try it. It feels, feels good. better than you think it is. No, I kind of want to right now. Yeah. Like, it it would be really liberating. Or it Let really the dogs is. out, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Let the dogs out. Emily did. Emily did. <laughs> Do you guys know that that song, that song is the most brilliant song ever because it's about ugly girls at the club. What? what? Yes. <laughs> that is not brilliant. That is mean. No, it's Wait. brilliant. Wait a No. The brilliance of it is that it's been played at every bar mitzvah. And we've all been singing it. And we've all been singing it. It's in movie soundtracks, but it's the most offensive offensive song. I'm reclaiming that song. And now it's going to be about men who are mean. Yeah. About your barking. About they're, no, they're dogs. Anything. About the way women look. Yeah. No, oh, anywhere the, the dogs mean, you're that, a dog. that somebody let out. Yeah. Also, the men who wrote that song couldn't get... Th- I'm going to get mean, so I'm going to pull yeah, it back. Yeah, let's reel it back. <laughs> let's reel it back. We're all thinking what you want to say. Oh, I'm so mad. But... Um, I thought it was about, like, dog sitting. I know. That's Everybody thinks it's about dogs. <laughs> dog sitting, also, specifically. That's the most comedian thing. Like, <laughs> I thought it was about being a dog walker because yeah, you can't pay your what, bills. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's either babysitting or dog walking. Because in my mind, it was someone with like seven to 12 dogs. Mm-hmm. You're and right, a comedian. And let out. Yeah. And you're like, who the who fuck let, let the dogs out? <laughs> I'm going to play with them, but who did that? This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Okay, let's let's bring it back to serious. Yeah, okay. bring it back. Okay, so in your TEDx talk, you said, it is one thing if this world is inclusive, none of that matters if you hate who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. mm-hmm. like, of course, you know, like there are accommodations that have been made. I was telling Emily about, um, I think it's called like the sidewalk rule or something like that, where sidewalks were made to help people in wheelchairs and they sloped them down. Uh, and initially people were like, why would we do this? Like, 
it's only helping one group of people. But then it turned out it helped people with strollers yep. and it helped people uh, pushing groceries yeah. or, you know, many other things. That's so often the case, by the way. When we put accommodations in place for one person or a group of people, mm -hmm. if we are strong and healthy enough as a community, we can take a step back and be like, oh, that's beneficial for so many more. Mm -hmm. I think that's the case with almost everything. Yeah. yeah. And so even that can happen in the world. But then you um, aren't able to love yourself. And I know I, I would love you to tell us the story of when you were told you were going to Wendy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear. Yeah. Uh, so that was the, the, the day at boarding school where they realized I had nothing I loved about myself. Mm -hmm. um, they decided to like put some things in place. And one of them was therapy, which mm -hmm. love that for me. Mm -hmm. But they forgot to explicitly tell me that I was going to therapy. So the dean came up to me that night and he goes, hey, Pammy, tomorrow we're going to Wendy's. And I spent the entire night getting excited about spicy chicken nuggets. And then I found out the next day my therapist's name was Wendy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like sitting across from her on like a, you know, a gross couch in a room in therapy. And she goes, so Pammy, do you want to tell me what brings you here today? And I was like, spicy chicken, chicken nuggets and a frosty, you asshole. Like what? Also like, por que no los dos? Why couldn't you get both Wendy's? I agree. Right. Actually, I, I, I have parts of my story where I talk about then for weeks, I was like, so are we getting Wendy's? <laughs> like you gotta, gotta make up for it. Now you have me in therapy. Let's like let the pendulum swing and go get me a Frosty and some nugs. That's mm -hmm. like one of the most relatable things about being a kid when somebody says something to you and you just assume one thing. Like I remember being in the city and, and my dad said, we're going to, to the subway. Mm -hmm. And I thought we were getting a subway Sandwiches. sandwich. <laughs> and then suddenly we're underground waiting for a train. And I'm like, where's my fucking subway? I'm hungry. <laughs> I was expecting a chicken teriyaki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did the therapist teach you, if anything? Was it a I, good experience? I don't remember enough. Uh, so I actually, stay tuned. I'm writing a YA novel based on that year at school. Ooh, nice. um, but I think the big thing was that started my journey to love. Who I am. Yeah. And I think, again, for so many years, the messaging was that like my presence took away from the world. Yeah. Like my presence was something other people had to work through. Yeah. Um, because Tourette's for me was often disruptive. It uh when I walked into a room, you knew I was in that room. Mm -hmm. And I'd been kicked out of everything you can be kicked out of. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, had people tell me I wouldn't amount to anything, uh, that like kids like me aren't going to go to college, mm -hmm. like all of these these things that became my narrative. Mm -hmm. And I carried them around like like my luggage uh, and they became my truth. And that first year of boarding school, I was so depressed. I was so incredibly quietly suicidal. Yeah. Um, and therapy started the journey of like, what are things I love about myself that over time I could be like, okay, like, yeah, these things about me are hard and messy and I'm, I'm going to find love for them. And mm -hmm. I can hold like, I can hold two truths that they are hard and painful and embarrassing and they can bring incredible things to my life if I'm brave enough to allow them. Totally. And, and I, I think that's, that was what therapy put me on the journey, but boarding school helped with that. Summer camp helped with that. Comedy mm -hmm. was like the biggest Huge. piece. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, after every show at this point, I'm a stand up, but I also combine comedy and storytelling to talk about like loving what makes you, you, mm -hmm. and not just disabilities. We all have something. Everybody has something that makes our life feel messy or overwhelming or like we're trying to learn to love. Yeah. And I think it's so relatable because when you talked about that in TEDx, I was like, that's how I've always felt about my depression or my ADHD or some, you know, like things that I was like, this I take away from other people. Mm. I'm taking too much time. I'm taking too much money in therapy. Like, what is the reason for being here if, like, I require extra effort, mm. you know? Yeah. And you just being able to see that in yourself and, like, grow past it, I think, is so um, inspiring. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't still struggle with it, yeah. right? Like, the this idea that, like, it's okay to need accommodations. It's okay to take up space. Mm -hmm. That's all stuff I'm constantly working mm -hmm. with therapist and a dietitian and uh I want to get to live a version of my life where I'm the happiest and that takes work mm -hmm. you mentioned getting kicked out of things mm. and you told me that you went to fat camp at one point yeah. and you got kicked out 
What inspired going to fat camp? Like, who made that decision? And what got you kicked out? Yeah, how did you manage getting kicked out? Because I tried. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, You just have to be too depressed for them. That's the key. Oh, okay. I need to to know. Yeah, that was... First of all, I did not choose to go to fat camp. Uh-huh. I was like 12 mm-hmm. and my mother sent me. I love her very much. I grew up in a very fat phobic household mm-hmm. um, where like the worst thing you could be as a kid was fat. Mm-hmm. Like I remember her saying like, God, you could have done drugs. Oh like, my God. <laughs> but you ate. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and so she sent me to fat camp. By the way, that camp has since been shut down and the owners are in prison. It was what? It was horrific it was horrific and like 15 year old pam knew enough to like i i got out of there and the with the tools i had which Uh was to make it very clear i was depressed (laughs) so could you not get out of bed like how how bad was the depression i mean i just think it's so funny that i got kicked out of fat camp because i was too depressed Mm -hmm. like how did they not have the tools (laughs) literally (laughs) first of all if you're trying to get kids to change who they are Mm -hmm. you're already in the wrong yeah that sucks that's completely awful the place was awful and like for a kid who wants to get healthy there are ways to do it that don't make you put on a swimsuit in front of the entire camp and get on a scale in front of the did they do that yeah they did Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't have to wear a swimsuit, but I did have to get weighed in front of everybody. And they I remember the line would be out the door. You get weighed every yeah. week. Yeah. I don't know how it worked at your camp, but and there'd be a panel of yeah. people like the, the nurse, the camp director, the director uh-huh. some other people, you know, higher level counselors. And it's so incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. But even the people who felt because I know that there were some people that I went to camp with that felt good about it. You know, like they'd get up on the scale. Oh, I lost seven pounds last week, whatever it is. That's a lot. But whatever it is. And they would feel a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And and I never felt that way. I just felt like it was embarrassing. But even that, I think, is bad because it's reinforcing the idea that to feel good about yourself, you have to change. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tying in that your worth and the number on the scale are connected yeah. when they are not. Yeah. And recently, you actually did have a pretty big weight loss. Mm-hmm. And I, we were both wondering, like, why did you set out on that track? And I didn't set out on a track to lose weight. Okay. I, uh, I'm a firm believer that you can be happy and healthy and sexy at every size mm-hmm. and every shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd put me on Tourette's meds as a kid. I gained about 120, 30 pounds over a few years. Um, and then I had a parent die. I was dealing with Tourette's and struggling, and I developed a binge eating disorder. So for me, mm-hmm. it was, again, this journey to like feel good, feel healthy. I told my dietitian that once I started like moving my body and and like dealing with the trauma and all of these things that had kind of led to binge eating, I felt like I moved back into my body. Yeah. I think for years with a disability, with feeling like my body takes away from the world, I had moved out. And doing that work and like learning to listen to my body, eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm full. If I'm craving French fries, I'm gonna eat French fries. Mm-hmm. My brain, and I'm not going to hear, that's bad, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, the g- the gym has nothing to do with what I ate. Those are not connected. Okay. Yeah. I go because it feels good. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's fun to push my body. But it, to me, took a lot of work, a lot of therapy to feel like I moved back in. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you feel like not restricting those foods, like not restricting the French fries made sure that you binge you didn't binge yeah. on it you binged I, less i i want to say this clearly i'm not an expert in anything with intuitive eating with binging yeah. i'm an expert in Us me either. and my body yeah <laughs> um and i love i love your podcast because you have on people who are like teaching and talking mm-hmm. about these things um and i'm really lucky that when i decided to battle an eating disorder and and learn to embrace my body mm-hmm. uh, i hired a team I hired mm-hmm. a dietitian, a doctor who gave me agency and listened to me, um, a tr- trainer. Like I put a team in place and I didn't weigh myself. I just started like working through things. And they were all kind about stuff. Like oh, there was gosh. no Shannon Bedore lifting up her shirt and her trainer goes, ugh. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's no. amazing. And everyone's How do you on the find team? that team that is equipped? Like, trial and error. It's like dating. Okay. Yeah. I went to one therapist and... I had already been in intuitive eating and uh, had been with another therapist who then no longer was in network. So I had to find a new one. And 
I was explaining to her like, yeah, so like I worked out hard today. And so I'm, I can tell that I want like eggs on toast for dinner. And she goes, you did not work this hard to eat a piece of bread. Mm. And I walked out and I never went back again. And I was like, that's not. That's so fucked up. There's so much food noise. And uh, yeah, I don't need to add that in my life. I get it from other areas. I don't need a therapist to add it. Right. And And so how much are you gymming? I don't have set rules. Great. Yeah, because then it feels like you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Uh, I try to move my body every day in a Mm -hmm. way that feels good on that day. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my trainer when I'm not on tour two times a week typically. Mm -hmm. And I love working with him. I look forward to it. Um, Have you ever found um, anything inaccessible in the gym? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to call it any specific companies because I've done that. Yeah, Um, darn. (laughs) 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 I don't want to get anyone canceled. Yeah, the gym today, is right now, like in this moment, oh, yeah. right? In reality, there's <laughs> a lot of people I want canceled. Um, the gym is not. Ex- first of all, it's absolutely made for men. Yeah, like that's the first thing. And then at my height, like I'm not tall enough for an exercise bike. I'm not tall enough for the elliptical if I want to use my arms as well. Oh wow! There yeah. are so many things that if you're under five feet, you shouldn't be using. I love. I don't know the name of the machine, but the, the lats. I was going to say you have to. Like get oh, up there to get the thing. So I the stand pull down. All of them. Yeah. I stand on weights to get them started. You can okay. see it on my Instagram. I like. I made a video on how I do it, mm-hmm. and it's probably not the safest. Right. It's <laughs> right. not designed for that. It sounds like the way that you would pull a fire escape ladder down, yeah. like jumping up and pulling it Even all the jumping, way. Jumping, it's like way too tall. For oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I. Learning to work out, like the gym, first of all, if you're going to the gym in a bigger body, people assume you don't belong. People assume it's your first day mm-hmm. um, or it's the uh, the pendulum swings and it's, you know, I had a, my, I, I've been on this journey for like seven years, but I remember year one, a woman kept coming up to me and being like, you're my inspiration. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. as someone with a disability, I've heard that so many times and I, my theory is like, let me earn it. But the fact that like you see me bigger and I'm working out, like go away. I just I called you to an be inspiration. Like, I was like, you're old. No, you're you my know inspiration. Her. Yeah, I know. No, like when, oh, different. I've heard it. You know my story. Yeah, yeah, when somebody who really knows you and yes. is close to you says you're an inspiration, yeah. that means something. When somebody says you're an inspiration purely just because of the way you look, yeah. or it's a disability so condescending. Or, oh, yeah. for sure. It's inspiration porn yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah i hate that so much it's like it's like when you're in a bigger body and people say like how are you so confident right yeah yeah there it, was a story you told too about uh when you went to a store in high school and you were ticking and you said that the woman behind the register was watching your Tourette's. that wasn't that was recently no yeah yeah what that was recently that was at a department store in new york city in the last <gasps> Two years. Yeah. And can you tell them what she said to you? Yeah. My Tourette's goes through phases where it's like super noticeable. Um, and I, there's a bright, like, like I have to pull in more doctors. It hurts. There's a lot that happens. Yeah. But I decided to like do a little self-care, a little retail therapy. So I went to a major department store in New York City. I say the name of the store in my TED Talk. I'm praying there are no legal repercussions. <laughs> um, but I also emailed them and told them about it. So mm-hmm. they know. Um, and does it I like, rhyme with Schmoomingdale? It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What a fun game. No one knows what store it is. No. It could be anything. It could be anything. <laughs> it's Barney's. No. It's, <laughs> it's Nordstrom. Um, and I like watch people watching Tourette's. And then I found a necklace I wanted to like a little self-care, retail therapy. And th- I'm not going to tell the full story, but essentially the woman at the cash register was like, honey, you know that things here cost money, right? Like mm-hmm. absolutely making an assumption about me based mm-hmm. on my flailing. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have bad intentions. I know that. But I think we live in a world that like, first of all, so many people and things are not understood. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we are constantly doing some preconceived notions. We are uh, filling in blanks of people we don't know or understand. And that's not just disability. That's across the board. Mm-hmm. And I, in my, my TEDx talk, I talked about how like, those moments would break me if I had not done the work. Mm-hmm. And they hurt. I'm not lying. But like I walked out crying. I didn't buy the necklace. Yeah. Um, feeling, so she lost the sale. She lost the sale. And that's I wish I had done my like pretty woman. Like, oh, you work on commission. <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. Huge. It's like, like a $25 <laughs> necklace. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a huge hat. Yeah. <laughs> bigger than you. There goes your rent. Even though I like know it's like 20 cents. That she probably got. <laughs> Can I clarify something? Yeah. The way... 
do you think that it was from your tick? She thought there was something cognitively yes. going on. Okay. Absolutely. I okay. watched the way she watched me. Yeah. Because before that, she had asked the woman behind me if I was with her. Oh. Ugh. As though I need a, a chaperone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so rough. And I think I told you this one time about somebody that I'm close to that they saw somebody with a disability. I don't remember what it was, but they looked and they looked. I said, oh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like you don't know if today is hard for them also you might have made today harder for them also people with disabilities can live great happy lives i yeah i am having i'm in my 30s i'm having the most fun i've ever had Mm -hmm. i have created this life for myself that is so much fun every day i and it's the same like i'm single and one of my mom's friends recently was like honey like your happiness will come and i was like it came it came it's here yeah it doesn't rely on another person (laughs) It came from me. Can yeah. you believe? And if I find a man I want to marry, great. But if not, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Very good attitude. <laughs> Very good attitude. No, if you if you seek happiness in another person, you're never going to have true happiness. Yeah. That's just not how you get it. Agreed. And I also I think none of us really know how to find happiness. And I also think all of us are on a journey to find happiness for us. And it looks different for everyone. Totally. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. We wanted to ask you a little bit about dating. How does, if at all, how does having multiple disabilities impact dating for you? So I learned to love Tourette's before I learned to love Tourette's in dating. Mm-hmm. That's a different timeline for me. I was a late bloomer in dating um, because I was afraid that disability took me out of the dating pool or mm-hmm. out of the dating pool that I would have like wanted to be in. And sure. not necessarily, I, I'm totally comfortable with men with disabilities. It's just something, I, my brain couldn't, didn't get it, struggled. And I realized later than I wish I had that like, we all have something. Mm-hmm. And like everyone on dates is vulnerable and like everyone gets dumped, everyone gets rejected, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and now it isn't really a thing. Like if a dude doesn't like me because I wink a little bit extra and bark when I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that should be a turn on. I agree. Who let the dogs also, out? Am I right? How do you know no. you're doing something great? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, rude. No. <laughs> now it's like a slur. Yeah, <laughs> that was hurtful. Um, yeah, my sister has been saying this thing recently that I love so much where she's like, there's an ass for every seat. Mm. Yeah. You know? Even if your little legs dangle. Yes. Yeah. Do, you, um, do you do online dating? 
I feel like that's such a oh god! I, I just usually, sounded so old. Do I you usually, do apps? Are you, <laughs> you on the app? Dial on the dating? interweb. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, I get an AOL. Um, e Harmony is my away message. That's like a rub a dub dub. I'm in the tub. Come join me. I feel like you did that. I you did. did. That's a good away I message. Did. I was 12, and it was not okay. I think I was a 12-year-old that was catfishing people before catfishing was a thing. I was oh, like, I yeah, I'm a model. I catfished people all the time on a- AIM. Like, I, I've i told this story so many times, but pretended to be Britney Spears, <gasps> pretended to be all the Degrassi oh my God. actresses. Yeah. Um, that's my villain origin story, actually. That's amazing. But since, like... It's someone else's village, or they thought they were going to meet Britney Spears. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. If you think just because somebody's username is Britney Jean 911 that mm. that's their... That they're the real Britney Spears, yeah. like... We all you, know it'd be Britney S. 1990. No, it'd be, like, Butterfly Angel Girl. Right. <laughs> um, do you, like, specify... I have these disabilities beforehand. No. No, I for, I don't think we have to put on anything, all of our stuff. I also yeah. like, I think I'm a little twitchy, but a lot of people are that don't have Tourette's. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think in one of my profiles, it says I'm twitchy when I'm nervous. But I don't, I maybe I haven't, I haven't gotten on those apps in like But a then you minute. get on that date and the guy is like, oh, you're nervous. You like me. <laughs> a comedian recently was like, I see you winking at me. And I was like, and I see you not listening to me. <laughs> I just talked about that on stage. It's oh <laughs> so funny. But it got me a date. So I end up dating comedians way too often. It's a, just a. It's yeah, a you shouldn't do that. But decision. hey, I'm in a comic comic relationship. Sometimes that it works out. Cute. That yeah. feels like the exception to the rule. It, it really is. It really yeah. is. I mean, I, I can think of a few that are going strong. Yeah. But um, Sarah and Joe. Yeah, there's some cute ones. Casey and Robbie. Caitlin and Bonnie Steve. and Rich. The problem Rich. is Bonnie we look at those and we think we can all have that. Exactly. And we can't and we shouldn't. And you're not seeing like the hundreds of thousands of trash fires yes. that have resulted from comics trying to get together. So is our dating apps less of a trash fire? No, they're okay. more. They're more. <laughs> they're more. Yeah. And so what was that what made you sign up for uh, <laughs> Jewish matchmaking? I didn't sign up for Jewish matchmaking. Uh, the matchmaker saw my show in LA seven years ago Stop. and messaged me and asked me to do it. That's seven amazing. Seven years ago, after a show, she ran up to me on the steps of this museum in LA where I just performed. Matchmaker Eliza? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, she had been at the event and she ran up to me and she handed me her book and she said, are you single? And I said, yeah. And she goes, can I match you? And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, absolutely not well first of all she uh was more observant than i am i didn't know her mm-hmm. i wasn't sure. ready mm-hmm. and we kept in touch i realized that she's lovely mm-hmm. wonderful gets it that i'm not as observant at all even close mm-hmm. and so of jewish customs yeah 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 like i do a very observant kosher. person you do I, observational comedy like i'm most comfortable with my top <laughs> off you yeah. know what i mean There's like a lot. <laughs> right i eat bacon i yeah um my meat is best if there's cheese paired with it i am like the i the pendulum has swung mm-hmm. um and she messaged me on facebook and was like i'm doing this thing do you want to be a part of it and i was like oh, i don't i don't know and she was like can i call you and i gave her my number and she called me and i was like done yeah let's do it and what was that experience like I've realized this is how I know I'm a comedian and a little bit broken still. I'm way more comfortable on camera than I am dating. <laughs> I get that. Like the cameras made it so much more comfortable for me because I was like, You're, I'm performing. It's yeah. a show. Yeah. No, that is such a real thing. That is such a real thing. We, we were just talking before the show about how when there's a microphone in front of my face, mm-hmm. I think nobody can hear me. And, and I'm like, Emily, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> This that's is broadcast. A, that's something I need to work on, probably. Um, but that's so interesting. I watched that episode, and it seems like that you had a fun date with this guy. I, I can't remember his name. Everybody Stuart. was so into her and Stuart, like, ending up together. Mm. And we we did a little viewing party at your mm-hmm. apartment or whatever. And I, even I, like, whipped my head around. I was like, you still talking to this guy? My oh. family saw it, and I was like, is now a good time to tell you I'm married with kids? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so interesting, because I was actually going to say the opposite. Like, it, from just watching the episode, it seemed 
you came off as so much more sparkly than him. Yes. Oh my god. Not like there, he, there wasn't any problem with him. Now I feel bad for Stuart saying mean things, but I, I just it seemed like you two didn't exactly mesh. Like you, it was friend more of a friendship. Vibes. Yeah, friend Absolutely. vibes. Yeah, friend vibes. Oh, and I, I felt he was enamored by you, and also I knew that he had like not made a connection with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so for his sake, I was like, are you in love? <laughs> He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and we are we are friend vibes all the way. And I think I should just hire a camera crew to follow me on dates. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Pam finds love. Who wants mm -hmm. to produce it? Let's do it. And I'll, the, oh, so they didn't include it, but the, the crew heard me bark because I bark before I get on stage. I bark, like if, like I bark before I film a big thing. I barked outside before I came in here. <laughs> uh, it's like a release. And uh, I was standing outside of the restaurant, and I I didn't realize that they were already watching me, and I barked. It was a hot mic moment. It was a hot mic moment. And, but they didn't include it because no. they were like, this doesn't have anything to do with the storyline. Yeah. yeah. I was prepared for them emotionally. I like spent a few weeks being like, there's a good chance I barked on Netflix. Uh -huh. Would you have been upset if they showed it? At my first, my mother was like, oh my God, no, you didn't. And that made me feel like I would. Yeah. And then I was like, no, that's okay. Like, yeah. It Mom, felt I'm good. I was nervous. <laughs> I'm a chihuahua. You cannot put an electric fence around it. <laughs> I'll run through it. <laughs> did you guys ever go, go on a second date? We did. You uh, did, but, but it was like it was like more to Aliza really wants you to like double check your work, and so mm -hmm. we went on again that night to like double check that it was friend vibes, oh. and it was so clearly friend vibes. Mm -hmm. Has anybody ever fetishized any of your disabilities? Yeah, my yeah. last night I was walking to a comedy club in the city, mm -hmm. and a man yelled, "I want to spin you on me like a dreidel." And my first thought was like, "Oh my god, how religiously like beautiful!" Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He really did such a beautiful thing. I'm like, you know, bringing in my Jewish identity into the catcalling. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, that's a metaphor I haven't heard. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Patty Stanger yeah. on the original matchmaking show, she used to call short women spinners. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, because they're like a dreidel. No, because like, you can spin them around. While... Oh, like throw them around. No, no. I don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I, I'll explain it later, but it's a little graphic. Okay. Yeah. You can say it now. You guys just Google it. Yeah. Okay, fine. I, I don't want to break can the spin internet. Around no. on him. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm picturing something, but yeah, I'm a little slow. Uh, I, you know what? I just like the dreidel comparison. <laughs> I think it's like you know, I made it out of clay. It's yeah. like a classic when imagery. But then it's like, and when it's dry, dry and, and ready. ready. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it's how not that ready. works. Dry means not ready. Yeah. <laughs> when it's dry, ready, oh, dreidel, I shall play. No. Yeah. Back it up. Start over. Yeah. But anyway, yes, my yeah. height, I think, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think my Tourette's is fetishized, but I don't, you never know. Mm -hmm. Let's, if anyone listening has fetishized my <laughs> Tourette's or someone I'm not else's. against that. <laughs> Are you my type? Do you have drive? Someone was like, what are you looking for in a man? And I was like, drive, which doesn't feel like it's too much to ask for. I just want him to have something to do tomorrow. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I thought maybe you meant like to drive you around. Well, that would be great too. I don't drive. You don't. I, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, I kind of brought it up. You yeah. kind of brought it up. But credit goes to all. Can you? Yeah. Thank you. Can you not drive because of your height or mm. because I, I know that. You know, very short people can drive. Yeah. They just change the right. controls yeah. where the controls are. Well, the I gas. can't drive for a number of reasons. Um, Tourette's is probably the main one. Oh, because my sure. eyes are often crossed for minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. But also, I get distracted by shiny things. Um, I did drive for a while, and I bedazzled my pedal extensions, and I loved that. <laughs> like with a bling kit. Yeah, that they was looked, all the rage. They looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So you tr you had a license and everything, like you were able yeah, to get a license. But I got it late in life. I got it like twenty three, and I remember the guy doing the test. Um, gave it to, first of all, I failed the test, and mm -hmm. then I cried and said, "I have Tourette syndrome." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, pass." He was like, "My nephew has that. I know how oh. hard it is." And he said, "I'm gonna pass you with the expectation that you don't drive when your Tourette's is really going." And then my neurologist agreed. But that's, then when he passed me, he said this was against his better judgment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's putting a lot of trust in the past. Well, he's just trusting your judgment. Yeah. And I don't drive anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
which is fine. I like I had a parked house at one point. What? Yeah. Oh, you a, hit a parked house. Uh, wait, wait, ha- wait. A, a parked it house? Came out of it just nowhere. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm a really bad driver, and there's like a lot of things working against me. It is unsafe to have but me. But Pam, alone. was the house on wheels? No. No. But then what do you mean a parked She'd house? She'd be funny. It was there. It was a house that was there. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> it should have moved. Wait, did you damage the house? No, my car. So your car was totaled and the house the was fine. Side of the house. You know oh, I've done God. that too. Have you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did, like the paint car- is still there oh. on the building. What do you do? Do you leave a note? Like what do you do when you hit a house? What well, was my car had the damage? The house was fine. Yeah, so. my car oh, had so the you damage. Didn't need to, wow. But also there were there's is still blue paint where I did it. What's well, a memory? And it was 15 years ago. <gasps> it's a memory. It's like a tattoo. Yeah. Beautiful. You're on my heart, just like a tattoo. Oh, there you go. Jordan Sparks said it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I know that you've had a breast reduction and um, I want to know like your reasons behind doing that and what your experience was like. My boobs and I have been on a journey. Oh yeah? (laughs) We have a complicated relationship. Not only have I done, well, okay, I'll start with this. I got a breast reduction in like in high school. Maybe it was right after high school. Might've been really early college. Might've been early college. And I, so starting in fifth grade, they called me booby bouncer (gasps) because I had I boobs. Those stand I, for size I. Yeah, that stands for like I don't even know. They're so big. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I just I remember I used to like be in the locker room and like store things under my boobs to prove I could. Like they were huge and they hurt my back. And I remember my fingers would tingle constantly because I was like tripling up bras Wait, to what, hold them up. What's the biggest thing you ever stored under your boob? Oh, like water bottles. Amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Sporting equipment. I remember girls used to do the pencil test, where like you could see if you could hold a pencil under your tit. I could, I could never do I could it. Do, like a six pack of beer. Like, <laughs> oh my! That is skill. Like you could get into concerts with so much contraband. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh shoot! But, but as such a small person, that's got to be a big strain on your body. Well, yeah, and I already was struggling with moving my body because of Tourette's. There was a lot mm-hmm. going on, and so early on, I had a breast. Reduction, um, and then I went on this health journey, and my body changed shapes, and my boobs completely deflated. Mm. And uh, I went to go have skin removal surgery from weight loss around my abdomen, and my boobs were deflated. And the doctor was like, "You're too young to have these boobs." And I was, and my mom saw them, and she was like, "I can't believe that's what happened. Like, it just—they were gone. They were sad." And so then I got implants. So I'm the first, I don't know that I'm the first one. To, but all we did was put them back to the size they were at the reduction. Uh-huh. Right. That's all we did. And do you think that like skin removal was essential yeah. to you? Okay. It was. Why? It, because From it, a physical yeah, perspective? Yeah, it is okay. uncomfortable. Okay. I mean, at 120 pounds at four foot six, most of me was my stomach. Mm. So, yeah. And it, Yeah. It was necessary. It was like medically necessary for me to. Well, yeah, because you weren't. you lost over a hundred pounds. Yeah, like one hundred twenty something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I could just imagine that. The Granted, level... again, I always want to clarify: none of this was about. I only know that because the doctors needed to weigh me to get that done. Mm-hmm. Right. None of this was ever about weight loss. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. No. But that that would be a lot of extra skin to carry. It was around. uncomfortable. I still have a ton of skin in my legs. And I'm not going to get that surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, although at the gym, oh my gosh, a few years ago, a man at the gym, my trainer went to the bathroom, which gave him an opportunity to speak to me. Mm. And he like was watching me work out. And he goes, keep doing what you're doing. And your legs are going to catch up to your tight little body. 
gross. You know? And I think I should have been allowed to kill him. <laughs> Legally, yeah. I feel like if I was tried by a jury of my peers, like women who work out, like they would all have been like, you get the one, work with it. Uh, but yeah, I still have a ton of loose skin. I'm not going to do anything about that. Like yeah. my legs, I'm going to just, I'm on a journey to love them. But yeah. my, my, like the stomach needed. There was, I think they took off like 14 pounds of loose skin. It was a lot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was the recovery like for those three? Like, what was the most uh, difficult recovery? And what the, was the skin removal around my abdomen? Because I was cut all, I was cut full three, I was all the way around my stomach <gasps> really? and my back. But now when someone has questions, I just tell them it was a magic trick gone wrong. <laughs> so it looks like someone tried to saw me in half. <laughs> it actually works on multiple levels because yes. you're so small yes. as well. <laughs> That's um, good. The skin removal was really tough. Like drains, it was tough, mm-hmm. but I've, I'm, I like, I'm so happy. Like even little things, like I couldn't feel my core because mm-hmm. there had been so many things that had happened, and couldn't my, I just couldn't engage my core. And we did that, and now I'm able to like engage my core. Little things like that that just like, I don't know, make life easier. Yeah, no, it reminds me of like the C-section conversation where it's like that's like the most difficult recovery, I think. And a little bit people might get upset that they find out like I had a boob job, I had skin removal. And the way I view a disability is like you get to choose the word that works for you. You also get to choose in your life what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like medically, physically, these are all like we all get to make those own choices. I just want to live in a world where people are like, cool, your choice is your choice. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm not going to comment on it. Yeah, a- absolutely. And if listen, even if it is an aesthetic choice purely, mm-hmm. That's your decision. Yeah. But especially if it's something that causes you such a great deal of discomfort, yes. nobody can come for you about that. I mean, they will. They will, <laughs> but they shouldn't, you know? No, and you're not saying, I did this, you should do this. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would great. be crazy. It was great. It made, it made, first of all, buying clothes, we all know this sucks. Yeah. Like it's the hard, I, I buy dresses from one store and shoes from another and like, like pants from another and shirts from another and tank tops from another mm-hmm. because I learned like, one store has petites and they're great for dresses, but not in jeans. And one store has jeans that have petites, but they're great at jeans and not at tops. And uh, having skin removal made it like a slightly easier. Are there brands that cater to shorter people? I'm there's yes, they're they don't specifically, but there are brands that have petites that I have found to be fantastic. And I hate that I'm like about to say this, but Abercrombie and Fitch, their dresses they've gotten better. Petite. Listen, no, I keep they, hearing really good things yeah, about them. jeans. Gap jeans. They have great petites and jeans. Oh, although on TikTok, like yesterday, I was TikTok, I was doom scrolling on TikTok and I saw someone go, women, people, um, are struggling with high rise jeans because it cuts you off at your torso. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that why other people don't like them? I don't like them because they chafe my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a realization that I just exist so differently. That's so funny. Wait, even in the petite styles, they go up too high? I mean, it, when you look at me stand, I have almost no tour. I, okay. At four foot six, I'm proportionate, but nothing is long. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But do you think you have longer legs than your torso? Or do you think, think it's pretty much just the same? I think nothing is long on me. Gotcha. <laughs> so what other brands have good p- petites in case people are looking? Those are the two that like I specifically like. Abercrombie and Gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably currently my two go-tos, but it changes constantly. Yeah, Abercrombie's done like a whole overhaul where they were like, we disavow anything that the former CEO yeah. did and we're trying to be more inclusive. And like, which good for them. Yeah. Lululemon, short, which I know they've got a problematic history, so mm-hmm. I don't love them, mm-hmm. but they offer alterations for free. Oh, wow. And as a little person, if I can go in and buy something and I get alterations for free in New York, that's a $40, $50 savings. Yes. Yeah, that is useful. I've heard Uniqlo does that too. Do they? They at least will hem the pants. Okay, that's good to know. So, you know, keep that info for later. Yeah. That's good to know for our listeners who struggle to find petite clothing. Mm-hmm. And pet- I like. I need petite curvy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I got hips and boobs. Right. So it's a whole journey. I found a uh, t-shirt brand that is specifically for big chested people. Really? Yeah, and it's called, I think, Perfected with two Ds at I the end. Perfected double D. Yeah. So you talk to a lot of young people 
and you uh, help them with feeling better about themselves, is there anything uh, that you would leave one of those people with or anybody struggling with their differences? Mm -hmm. um, What would you say to them? Start the journey to figure out what you love about yourself and go from there. Yeah. And I think if you have people in your life you love, ask them that. Like that's something Mm -hmm. we should all be thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, If you work with kids especially, Ask what you love about yourself. And if they've got something great, we can reflect it back in them when things are hard. We can, right? Like, that's huge. And on the flip side, uh, if they don't, what an early indicator that we need to get some support in place. Yeah, I saw a video recently that was like, if you're feeling really low and you're feeling lonely, talk to a good friend and ask them, what do you love about Mm. me? Aw, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'll tell you. Yeah. Sometimes I make myself talk to myself the way I know one of my best friends would talk to me. Yeah. That's such a nice idea. I mean- the thing that you said that um, that I think a lot of people can take from this is that even if you're not 100% okay with something about yourself, whether it be a disability or just, I don't know, just a personality trait, anything, you can learn to love that by, yes. by like seeing the way that that impacts you in a positive way. Yeah. So like you might not love your disability and I think that's normal to be, to be angry or to be frustrated mm-hmm. about not being able to do certain things in the world, but you can see that it's built character and it's made you interesting in a yeah. different type of way. And there's value Makes in you that. resilient yes. too. That's we can, true. We are humans. We can hold more than one thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I don't always love it. And like I am funny or I am resilient or mm-hmm. I am great at this one thing. And like both can be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things can be true. Two things. Pamela, thank you so much for joining us. You You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to dst at betches.com to get them answered and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Yeah, and if you liked this episode, please write us a review and don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. Pamela, where can they follow you? At Pamela Comedy. Wonderful. And you guys remember, we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Batches.